What is up? What is up? Backed up, getting my stacks up. It's your boy, Big Gang, your host, JJ. And with me today, as always, I got my boy, Ryan. What up, what up? R-O-K-K-O, Daydreamer. That's the Twitter. You know what it is. And we got Keone with me. Hello. It's nice to be here. <laughs> Thank you for Daydreamer uh... Keone on Twitter. Thank you for coming, Keone. And you guys can follow me at JJ Daydreamers on Twitter. So, uh, yeah. This is the Fantasy Daydreamers podcast. All right. Thank you, producer Ian, with the slaps as always. You're goddamn right. Today, we got a little bit of news for you. We're going to go over that. If you guys saw on Instagram, we post and Twitter a trivia question. We'll go over that. And then we got our wide receivers to get into and our tight ends to get into. So let's just get right into it. News for today. Julio Jones was traded from the Falcons to the Titans, along with a sixth-round pick for a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick. This has big fantasy implications, I feel like. Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, now left alone. Julio Jones joins A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill. How do you guys feel about this trade? Who do you guys think benefits from it? Who do you guys think loses from it? Well, first of all, the disrespect of not putting Josh Reynolds uh, as well in the Titans. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, really? I would put Anthony first. first. Uh, that's why I can't. I didn't. I can't say his name. That's why I didn't say him. Anthony Firkser over Josh Reynolds. There. Uh, loser, Matt Ryan. Winner, everyone else. Everyone wins. Interesting. That's a, yeah, that's an interesting take. Because I, I think Calvin Ridley gets a little bit knocked down because, you know, there's not that other person on the other side of the field. I mean, Kyle Pitts, yeah, but still, Julio is a big threat, so it takes some pressure off of Calvin Ridley. But I think we'll talk about that when we get to wide receivers. Yeah, I think Calvin Ridley showed us last year whenever Julio was missing time that he doesn't need Julio on the other side. He is a really good wide receiver, but I he's not think, Juju. Yeah, he's not Juju. Mm. I agree with that. But I do think over the course of the entire season, it will wear on him just a little bit. So he, I agree with you. He will be a little bit worse for it, I guess. But he won't be bad. He's going to be great. No, 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 no. Julio and, Jones and- still going to be really good. AJ Brown's still going to be really good. Derek Henry, how do you guys feel about Ryan Tannehill after this? Well, boy, he's on my nice team. It worked <laughs> out. So just give you guys an inside scoop. I had number oh, number two overall pick, and I was going to trade it because I really wanted a quarterback in this draft. And then this happened, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm good. I don't think I'll uh, I don't need one of those top guys. So made me feel pretty confident. All right. I think I like Ryan Tannehill a little bit more now, now that he has Julio. I mean – before it was just AJ Brown. And I mean, having a Julio Jones to throw to is not going to hurt you. 
No. Especially when he can ball out. He showed that he can when he feels like it. Ryan Tannehill. All right. That leads us right into our trivia question. Keone, take it away. Oh, my goodness. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, as I proposed earlier or last week. Where could you find this trivia question, Keone, on Trivia Thursdays? Oh, you can find it on our Instagram at day underscore dreamer media. The video is there as well as our Twitter account at FF Daydreamers. So yeah, be sure to check those out. I mean, it's a little bit too late to answer the question now, but for, for the other ones that we'll be doing the other trivia questions, More you know, content will be coming. Yes, yes, yes. Shouts out, shouts out. So I asked you the fans to, because Julio Jones in the, in the news so we were expecting this. So I made the trivia question about him. And one of the most impressive feats of his career was becoming a wide receiver or it was that he is a wide receiver that has 300 yards in a game. And that puts him in a very elite class in respect to this stat because there's only six wide receivers who have had a game in the NFL with 300 or more yards. So I asked you, who was the wide receiver who has the most yards in a game in the NFL? So what are your guys' answers? You want to go first, Ryan, or you want me to go first? Well, I'm going to go with Jerry Rice. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. I really have no idea who it is. My thought process is I believe Julio Jones is the only active player that's gotten 300 yards in a single game. Technically, that is correct. Like he's the only current player who is still playing who has that stat. Yeah, because I think Antonio Brown is next on that list of active players and he's didn't hit 300. Mm -mm. So. But I really don't know who it is. Calvin Johnson. I'm going to go with Calvin Johnson. That's my number two on this list. Well, he is number two. I know for a fact he's number two on the list. Oh, well, boy. You both are correct. He is number two on the list. But I don't, I really cannot. I've been racking my brain all week long. I mean, since Thursday, I got, I got the question a little early, but mm-hmm. I've been racking my brain. I can't figure it out. I'm going to go with Calvin Johnson. And though th- that's a really good guess because it, there's, it's sort of a technicality, not if you, if you want to, if you, I mean, I don't think it is, but. Um, in the record books, this person does, but Calvin Johnson has the most yards in a regular game. So he has 329. The one, the person who has the most yards in a game that went to overtime and he has 336 yards and his name is Flipper Anderson. It was a, uh, he was playing for the Rams and it was a game against the Saints in 1989. That's why I don't know it. Makes sense. There you go. Do you know the final score of that game or no? Because I, I hope it's like 50 to 52, like some wild score. I or don't. 20 to 21. And that guy just never got touchdowns. He's got all the yards in the game. That'd be I, hilarious. <laughs> I don't know uh, the score of that game unless Ian has it up there. I think Ian says it's six to three. No, the man had. Making me look like a fool. 330 what yards? Every time they got to the red zone, pick. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Three. 336 yards couldn't get in the end zone, though. Right. And I also said as a bonus, 
um, if you could name any of the two other that are part of that group of six besides um, Julio Jones and then Flipper Anderson. Um, So you got one, Calvin Calvin Johnson. Johnson. So that's good with 329. And then any of the other three. I'm going to say Jerry Rice was 260-something. So not him. Antonio Brown, no. Andre Johnson. Wild. Um, No, you're probably not going to get these. Because okay. they're, you know, they're like, you know, them because of the stat. So one of them, or I'm going to go in, in order. So you have Flipper Anderson, 336, who, um, Calvin Johnson, 329. And then a big kind of drop off. You have uh, 309, 309 yards with Stefan Page. And a little side fun fact about him. He has the most receiving yards in a half with like 280 something. So he only got like 20-something yards in that second half, which is wild. Someone took him out in the knees. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have Jim Benton with 303, and then Cloy Box with 302, and then Julio Jones with 300. Yeah. Jerry Rice had 289, Antonio Brown 284, T.O. 283, Andre Johnson 273. And I have – there's a, a little – some fun facts that I have, but I'll save that for a, a post on Instagram for later this week. All right. All right. Shout out. Yeah. Be looking out for uh, more posts from us on social medias. Let's move on to our wide receivers. All right. So these are going to be our top 12 consensus wide receivers for the fantasy daydreamers. We're going to just go through them, talk about how we feel about the players. These are all going to be great players that you're going to want to have on your team. So let's, let's get into it. All um, non-rookies because we did a rookie list separately. Oh, they just, they just happen to all be non-rookies. There are rookies on the list. Oh, I thought that's just not in our top 12. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause our tight ends, we have a rookie. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. My bad. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. Number one on our list, Devontae Adams, Green Bay Packers. I have him at number two. Ryan has him at two. Keone, you have him at three. Talk about why you have Devontae Adams at three. I think I think mostly because I like I think I think Stefan Diggs is gonna have a big year. So I think these top three are sort of interchangeable in a way where they're clearly like the top tier of wide receivers. It's just a matter of who I felt was going to have a better year. And with Devonte Adams, there's still a little bit of mystery up in place for how his season's going to go because of the whole Aaron Rodgers stuff. So that's why I have him a little bit lower than those other two, but it's still like they're all three of them. I'd happily take any of them. Yeah. I mean, Devontae Adams is going to be a good wide receiver no matter who his quarterback is, but I understand what you're saying. We don't know what's happening with Aaron Rodgers, so you have a few guys ahead of him. Ryan, you have anything to say about Devontae Adams? 18 touchdowns, a lot of touchdowns, so I assume that that will go down, and that's why I have him at number two. Just natural regression? Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, he finished as the wide receiver one last year in half-point PPR. I don't know if it happens back-to-back years, but it could. And we have him there. 
Ian, can you can you look up and see how many times someone's gone back to back as the number one receiver? Just like the last like five to six years. Well, that's only give you six opportunities. I'm, I'm gonna say never. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. All right. Uh, let's move on to our number two, Stefan Diggs. I have him at number one. Ryan has him at number three. Keone has him at number two. Stefan Diggs is, I mean, I have Josh Allen having a great season. So in part, Stefan Diggs is going to have a great season. Being the number one receiver, I mean, we saw the connection last year. I think it just improves as time goes on. Yeah, their their chemistry last year, it really, really showed with, with them specifically and then that entire team. And I just feel that chemistry is going to get better as they go along for the next few years. Yeah. He led the league in receive, uh, receptions and in yards last season. I, I really like Stefan Diggs. I mean, whenever I do my official rankings for the draft guide, it might change a little bit. But as of right now, I have him as my wide receiver one. Ryan yawning at Stephon Diggs Hall. No, I just got him at three. Oh man, he's good. It's just like the other people more. And yeah. Josh Allen, if you look at the between Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes, he's the person that could have the worst season. Well, not the worst season, sorry. The most uh variance in a season. I feel That's you. A, I feel you. Yeah. All right, let's move on to number three, Tyreek Hill. I have him at five. Ryan has him at one. Keone has him at number one. I I like Tyreek Hill a lot. He's really fast. He, I mean, he can run all the routes. He's got Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. Why I have him at five, that's just where he landed in the stats. I mean, I get... This is your second most disrespectful ranking of the day. Did you know that? <laughs> second second most, most, yeah. Another one's coming up later? Yeah. Okay. So, let me know what Tyreek Hill, best offense. Right? You know what he's going to be. Number one with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Well, I would he say number did score. two. Well, Travis Kelsey is number one. True. I am sorry. So, and number two, but the only thing for me is, is that he scored 15 touchdowns and he missed some opportunities and had some drops and had a touchdown that no one believed was a touchdown. And it was a touchdown, but they didn't review it. He didn't even believe it was a touchdown. Yeah. I just say when you miss opportunities and you still score 15 touchdowns, he's never going to be a target monster. Good said, because Kelsey's there, but the yards are there. The offense scheme, the rushing is also there. Um, I just like him. I like him a lot. His nickname's the Cheetah, right? Yeah, I believe uh, his Twitter handle is Cheetah. Okay. So, so I, I, I kind of want to hit <laughs> like, you know how Wonder Woman came out earlier this year? Yes. Or Wonder Woman 2, I guess. Yeah. yeah. W- one of the characters was named Cheetah. I want, okay. I'm talking to you, Patty Jenkins. I want the Tyreek Hill cut of that movie where he plays Cheetah. So sorry to Kristen Wig, but to get me Tyreek Hill in there. I don't care if you do like a Snyder Cut S thing where it's re released a few years later. Give me the Tyreek Hill cut as Cheetah. Of Wonder Woman 2. All right. <laughs> Producer Ian is getting to back to us right now about the back-to-back. Antonio Brown, 2014 and 2015. Back-to-back, he was the number one wide receiver. Ryan, there you go. 
according to tofantasydata.com. Shouts out. I forgot Damn, the space in, in it's just according to he had he had I thought it was like Terrell Owens, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. him doing it personally. <laughs> yeah, dude. He he had 251.9 points in 2014. He had 246.2 points. Both of those, I believe, beat Julio Jones by like one point in each year. Let me check 2014 again. But 2015, he beat Julio Jones by like 1.1. 1. 1. Oh, never mind. In 2014, he smoked right. Jordy Nelson, who was number two, by Trash. like 22 points. Garbage. Garbage. All right, move it. <laughs> moving on. Number four on our list, DeAndre Hopkins. I have him at three. Ryan's got him at four. Keone's got him at number four. I just like the offense. Kyler Murray. Looked really good last year. I know he started falling off a little bit whenever he got that injury towards the end of the season. But they went and got him other people he can throw to, take coverage away from DeAndre Hopkins. Even if it is minimal coverage, it is at least some people being taken away from covering DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, just consistent, man. I mean, I could be playing quarterback for him and he'll be a top 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 ten receiver. So <laughs> top twelve. Of <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. So uh, he's just gonna be a top five guy for sure. That's a fact. Yeah, I think he's a guy who like consistently makes catches, and like you said, JJ, they have Christian Kirk, they have Keyshawn Johnson, and now they got Rondale Moore in there. So I think that will do a lot for. Did you forget for, uh, the great aging AJ Green? AJ Green, I know. Uh, That's the biggest pickup of the year. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. My bad. Um, yeah. But that just helps create space for him because, and not necessarily that he needs it, but I think oh, all those it, weapons. Yeah. Um, and I think he has a chance to be the uh, the target leader for, for this year. That's my prediction. Yeah, he hasn't had less than 150 targets since 2014. So he gets a lot of targets. Number five on our list, Calvin Ridley. Julio Jones is gone. Calvin Ridley is the man in Atlanta. I have him at number six. Ryan has him at number five. Keone, you have him all the way at number nine. Is this before the Julio? After the I know. Julio? I Definitely after. After, I, okay. I, I think it's... We update regularly, people. I, I still had him at like seven, though, I think. Six or seven before. Okay. Um, But I think the Julio Jones, because that's Julio, like, just his name alone, I think, gets defenses to be like, we need to cover this guy, maybe even double coverage. And I think that allowed Calvin, um, Calvin Ridley to get open a lot. And I will say, though, um, he is great. So I've had him on one of my teams and he was like the top wide receiver there. So this is not me saying he's bad in any means. It's just, I think the Julio not having such a weapon like Julio on the other side is going to affect him a little bit, but he still is a fantastic wide receiver who is going to be seen, like get a lot of looks. Yes. And he scores touchdowns. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's been in, the league three seasons now his rookie season he scored 10 touchdowns the second year seven touchdowns this past season nine touchdowns i mean touchdowns really do matter and yes he's going to get targets and yes he's going to get receptions and yards 
but he's also going to get in the end zone, which these top seven, eight people, that's what really sets them apart is getting in the end zone along with the receptions and the targets. I go with the, it's a contract year, baby. That theory always works for me. So contract year, trying to get paid. They play hard. Big facts, big facts. So career year going to happen. And again, last year he had 143 targets. That was seventh most, seventh most. And I think it can go higher um, simply because just 16 games out Julio and the Atlanta's top passing offense. Yes, he will. He will, without a doubt, be the number one on that team. Even with Kyle Pitts coming in, he will be the target leader on that team now, for sure. Number six on our list, Allen Robinson. I got him at number seven. Ryan's got him at eight. Keone's got him at seven. Ryan, let's hear a little bit about Allen Robinson. He's got a new quarterback there in Chicago. Maybe the best quarterback he's ever going to play with, Andy Dalton. Yeah, agreed. So, (laughs) I mean, it might be close. That might be number two. And then when the field's on the field, he'll get all number one. But, hey, um, Allen Robinson's just consistent. That's all it is. He's going to get a lot lot of targets. I can't remember how many seasons he's had under – over 150, but I know it's like over three or four now. And he's always finished in the top 10. I would probably say the same thing uh, is going to happen this year. Um, it just all depends on when they make the switch and what happens to the offense. All right. I looked up his uh, targets. Okay. So 2015, he had 151. 2016, he had 151. 2017 was the ACL tear. Um, 2018, he played 13 games and had 94. 2019, had 154. And then 2020, 151 again. Three times with 151. So, I mean, the ACL tear. And then I forget why he missed games the year after that. But if he's not missing games, he's getting over 150 targets. Even if it's just one over. Wild. And I think we've said this before, but he had... I guess for any individual player probably had one of the best off seasons, if we can say that, because on, on draft night, um, he was in the immortal words of, a of Jim Jones and Ron browse on draft night. He was pop champagne. Oh, pop champagne. We pop champagne. Oh, <laughs> and end quote. yes. End quote. If him getting like Justin Fields versus, um, Andy Dalton is basically like him getting the like Pfizer vaccine versus Johnson somebody. Yeah. Well, versus somebody going in like a back alley and they're like, here's your shot. And then like tying your arm up with a rubber hose and asking you to <laughs> chomp on a piece of wood. The guy like, in the alley who opens up his trench coat is like, I got the <laughs> Pfizer. I got it's him with, for you. <laughs> there's no pee in this one. <laughs> Finds her. It's it's good. It's all right. It's it'll do the job. Yeah. I mean, so that's that's the difference. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our number seven <laughs> on the list. AJ Brown. I have him at number four. Ryan has him at thirteen. Keone, you have him at five. I think AJ Brown is going to eat, especially with Julio Jones across from him. I mean, it does take targets away, but. Corey Davis was there. 
I mean, AJ Brown is still going to get his targets. He's still going to get his receptions. I do think Julio will get more than him, but AJ Brown's going to be the one that scores touchdowns from a yeah. passing standpoint. I Man. mean, Derrick Henry's still going to score touchdowns too, but AJ Brown's going to be. I mean, Julio just doesn't do it that much. And maybe it changes whenever he, because he's on a new team. But AJ Brown is such a dominant red zone presence that I just don't see it happening. Me and you really disagree on this one. So, and you have Julio at nine and have him at 18. The thing for me is this is a philosophy thing. This is a head coach philosophy thing. Since 2018, right? They've ranked, and this is an attempts. 31st, 31st, 30th. And completions, 29th, 31st, 28th. In total plays, 29th, 30th, and last season, 17th. But in rushing attempts, 9th, 10th, and 2nd. They are never going to be a team that passes the ball a lot. The thing about A.J. Brown is that he's so efficient with the targets he gets. To to make Julio a number one, which I think he's all AJ Brown's gonna get touchdowns and not Julio. So that's why I have AJ Brown ranked above Julio. I think they are both gonna end up hurting each other being wide receiver twos. Because Derrick Henry, you don't pay that man not to play in the winter. Absolutely. So I, I, uh, I just don't think they're gonna be enough plays for them to both be efficient enough to be wide receiver ones. Well then. I just don't know how many times you can run Derrick Henry with over 300 touches. Until his legs break. Yeah. How long, how many seasons can you do that in a row before his legs break, though? No, well, I don't know, but, but you're going to keep, I, they're going to keep going until he does. So I think they slow him down a little bit this year. It's earlier in the season, maybe they slow him down. Mm-hmm. I mean, not completely. Don't get me wrong. He's still going to be really good and really relevant. But Keone, you have him way closer to me what do you think yes i i tend to agree with you i think this if this is going to be the year for them like it has to be this year in a way and they, they they put themselves in this position and probably specifically aj brown put them in this position because i mean whoever is running the titans organization i mean give this man some like advertising money because he i i swear to god he like I have a, I have this conspiracy theory when I was looking over this today. I think he mastermind puppeteered, you know, Michael Corleone or Emperor Palpatine, this whole situation. And he's like, hey, let's get rid of Corey Davis. And they're like, wait, wait, wh- why get rid of Corey Davis? And he's like, hold on, because we can get Julio Jones. And boom, it has happened. And he's like, yes, I no. am the man. I, I agree with you. Here's, but it started before that. It started with, hey, let's let Arthur Smith go to the Falcons to be a head coach. So that way we have a man on the inside. Then ah, let yeah. Corey Davis walk and then have him trade Julio to us. Oh, my God. See, there we go. It gets even better. Like, it's just multiple levels. And now he gets to be with his, like, wide receiver idol in Julio Jones, basically. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like when, um, like, a younger wrestler gets to have a few matches with the guy they watched growing up 
and it's talking just about RK bro, RK RK bro, because that's that's what they are, bro. Basic, and so it's hopefully they have this series of I don't I mean I don't, I don't get the reference, but sure. <laughs> what Ark, it's Randy Orton in the Bro King. What's his name? Bro, way over my head. Right, you have. If you're not talking lately, about if you're not talking lately, about the Undertaker, I don't know it. The dude that wrestles with no shoes on. Oh, or a tag team. Oh, are they really right now? Yeah, RK Bro. Oh, Matt Riddle. Yeah. Okay. The guy who got kicked out of UFC because he likes smoking weed too much. So I mean, understandable. That's my boy. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> I was referring to things like Kevin Owens with um, uh, the, um, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, exactly, and and yeah, or fair. Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho with with Shawn Michaels, and hopefully this, if the season, you know, they have their matches, and then that culminates in them facing off in WrestleMania, i.e., the Super Bowl. Oh, we'll see. But so. against each other, huh? Uh-huh. A little well, heel turn. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this has been WWE talk with the fantasy daydreamers. That's our next yeah. pod, guys. Tell you guys about that. <laughs> okay, I'll start watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Number eight on our list: Michael Thomas, the I most have... disrespectful ranking. Oh, this, this is, is number most... one. This is number. I one. have him at fifteen. Ryan's got him at seven. Keone has him at six. Now, I don't think. Without Drew Brees, Michael Thomas is going to be as good as he's been. Then you throw in the fact that who knows if it's going to be Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. Now, if it is Jameis, the man chucks the ball. But he's also turning the ball over a lot. I I just have people in front of Michael Thomas. It's just how it landed. Why, Why is it the most disrespectful? The man has one bad season. He drops to wide receiver two. Look, I drafted him in the first round last year. The sixth oh, overall pick. Okay. All right. That's, that's all I want to know is why did first he drop? Time, first time in six years I've gone wide receiver in the first round over a running back. And this man. Like, mm. I mean, he was hurt all year. So I'm not. And the thing he is was. about the thing about Alvin Kamara and, and Michael Thomas is just like, get it. But there's no other weapons except for them. They let Sanders go. Also, they have Sean Whoa. Payton, one of the best offensive minds in NFL history. Don't do James gonna, boy Traquan Smith like that. They're <laughs> going to get them the ball. I'm just saying, people keep calling him a slant boy. Well, he's going to keep running these slants. But guess what? He can run streaks now because James can actually throw deep. And he's going to score touchdowns because he's stronger than you. I think people are kind of underestimating that Sean Payton, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas are very good at what they do. So even though I have him, I think, ranked the highest at six, I sort of fall somewhere like in between the two of you. So I think I, I you do have to take into account that he did have a bad season last year and there's there is some uncertainty moving forward without Drew Brees. So this is probably the biggest gamble, I would say, on a player in our top 12. But like when he's shown that he can be the best wide receiver in the league. And if he gets Jameis Winston, who hopefully will not be 30 for 30 this year. You know, maybe 30, 14, ideally. Hey, I don't expect I don't expect him to get that. Hey, 30 he for got 30 that works. LASIK. He got that LASIK, boy. We haven't seen him <laughs> with that LASIK yet. Um, but I think Jameis Winston gives him a really good chance to 
kind of get back to where he was or close to it. And even if it's close to it, it's really, really good. So I think it's just a big gamble. And if you're going to get him in um, your draft, I would just be very wary, though, and have other options after him that you can rely on. So that's my that's my thing. If you get him, he can be really good, but just be careful when you draft him. All right, number nine on our list, Keenan Allen. And we all agree on this one. I have him at 10. Ryan's got him at 10. Keone's got him at 10. I mean, you guys love Justin Herbert, so of course his number one target is going to eat this season. I mean, the last four seasons, he's gotten 136 targets or more. He's gotten 97 receptions or more and six or more touchdowns in all four of the years. I mean, he is a really good football player. I think he's been undervalued a lot in the past. Um, I mean, he had the end of Phillip Rivers and then Tyrod Taylor. I mean, he's kind of slummed it a little bit. Sorry, Big Phil, no disrespect. But, I mean, he has been a lot. He's a better player than I think we've seen in the past. And uh, definitely undervalued in fantasy. I don't think he will be this year. If there was a, a picture next to the word consistency, it's Keen Allen going like this. <laughs> That's well, all I have to say about that. Well, okay, it's an audio audio recording. So uh, oh, that's for the live. <laughs> we keep that for people for the live. Join the live stream, guys. You can find it. Join it. I, t- for me, yeah, I think Ryan and I have barely been on the uh, the Keenan Allen slash chargers or me more like me more the chargers bandwagon but i think keenan allen gets really helped with everything that's happened this offseason both him and justin herbert and i think the chargers this is their like if they're going to they need to come out like white hot and get a really really good start to the season and i think this team is potentially like a sleeper team for this year because if like they need to do it within the next two to four years. And I don't necessarily know if they're going to do it specifically this year, but I think they have a chance to make a big impact this season. Cause I think people are, are sleeping on them. And I think they're going to catch a lot of people by surprise if they live up to the potential that they have. So go charges. Number 10 on our list, Chris Godwin. I have him at 14. Ryan, you got him at six. Keone at 11. Ryan, talk a little bit about Chris Godwin. I think he's great. Um, sorry, excuse me. Uh, what is it called? I think that him and Tom Brady got off to a slow start and then he got hurt last year. Remember, before he got hurt two years ago, he was like in the top three or top four, whatever it was, uh, with Jameis Winston. Um, he plays a slot in the outside. I think that this year, especially because when they were having that big run at the end of the year, like when they were playing against those bad defenses, Another big thing was that Chris Godwin was kind of healthy during that time and the offense kind of exploded at the same time. And I just think that they're going to be on the right page this year. And I think Tom Brady is going to have a big year. And I think that Chris Godwin will be the receptions and yards guy. Mike Thomas fills his role as a red zone guy and then Gronk doing whatever Gronk does. And then AJ Brown or AJ, not AJ Brown, (laughs) Antonio Brown kind of filling in as the third guy. So I, I just like Chris Godwin a lot. I think that he'll fit more into where you guys have him at 14 and 11 
but I would not be surprised if he sneaks into that top six, and that's where I have him. That would not surprise me at all either. He is a really good receiver. We saw, yes, he started slow with Brady. Everything you said, you hit it right on the head. He finished up wide receiver 32 last year, and that's just not going to happen again. So, like, if you drafted him last year, he he went through a hard beginning of the season with his injuries. But he he got it together. And I think I, think I might end up bumping him up a little bit. I think I'm a little too low on him at 14. I mean, maybe not all the way to six where you have him, but looking at this, I, I think I need to move him up. Can I also say contract year, that franchise tag. Remember this guy's yes. contract year. Absolutely. Okay. Same thing with A-Rob too. I, I think just with the, the Tampa Bay, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, like they're bringing back everybody. And I, they like, they have the trophy to prove it. So, you know, like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it's like, Hey, I'm going to throw this trophy to you over a boat. But my question is, cause I, like in doing research, it seemingly everybody else had Mike Evans in front of him. So I want to know, like, do we, do we just think he's going to be better this year? Cause Mike Evans relatively has the same amount of fantasy points as him in previous years when they're healthy. And Mike Evans has only missed like has only had a game like less than 15 game season like once and that was like 13 games so i'm just curious as to why like we have god we, we have godwin higher than evans versus like everybody else it seems i don't know we're right and like, they're wrong I okay feel like godwin's skill set fits more with okay. tom brady than mike evans skill set the reason why i think the other years with Jameis is that Jameis was down to throw the ball deep and into double coverage. And Mike Evans to go get it. Tom Brady will throw to the person who's open and Chris Godwin, especially down in the middle of the field area. And Chris Godwin's kind of always there. Okay. Yeah. So we're just, Chris, we're seeing, we're seeing things. Other guys don't. Chris Godwin is the better wide receiver in my opinion. And therefore he's going to be better for fantasy. If you remember last season, Mike Evans, like had so many games where he would like, Okay, week one, one reception, two yards, and got in the end zone. Week six, one reception, 10 yards, didn't get in the end zone. Week seven, five receptions, 55 yards, got in the end zone. He does get in the end zone, but like there are weeks where this man is getting three receptions for 12 yards. And yeah, his other weeks might blow up, but having half your weeks, or I don't know exactly how many, but a bunch of your weeks where you're not, producing those numbers i'll i want i don't want it i'd rather have the guy that's consistent or more and consistent. ian brings up a great stat mike evans only five more receptions than chris godwin and he played four more games and another one that uh producer ian brought up bruce arians is still a bitch <laughs> all right number 11 on our list dk metcalf I got him at number eight. Ryan's got him at 12. Keone, you also have him at eight. Keone, let's hear a little bit about DK Metcalf. So he uh, he is the Dick King of Seattle. And <laughs> I did not That's... expect to hear that on the pod. <laughs> no. What the he fuck is... is a Dick King? <laughs> he just lays it out on the field. Okay. And and everybody else is just there in, in awe. I mean, 
how else do you explain him running down players on defense and stuff like that? But so he is a tremendous athlete and just like he finished ninth in like Olympic qualifying things or that, that hundred meter dash or something, which is just crazy to even do that. But I think all he needs to be more successful this year is for Russell Wilson to play well. Cause last year he didn't play so good. So chef chef Wilson needs to cook it up. Like he's a Michelin star chef again, as opposed to being the fry cook at Mickey D's like he was sometimes last year. So I think that's the only difference between DK Metcalf having an okay year or having still a good year versus him having just an exceptional year, which I think he can depending on how Russell Wilson plays. So this is my one thing about this, this uh, ranking is that I almost wanted to drop him lower and put Tyre Lockett a little higher because the fact is they're switching their offensive philosophy it's not talking about running the ball more. They, if you look at their new offensive coordinator and where the tree is, the Shanahan's, the and he's under McVay, they do less vertical things and more horizontal stuff. So like a lot more screens, a lot more jet sweeps, and I feel like that suits Tyler Lockett's skill set more than Metcalf. And now I know they still run the overs, and Metcalf is strong. He'll run this, you know. Russell Wilson has a great deep ball. I'm just wondering, Russell Wilson complains so much about getting hit. They get a guard, and now they're going to do a little bit, hey, you know, it's going to make it easier for you when you only have to hold the ball for one second. You don't have to get, you just got to tip it to him. And I feel like that's going to hurt Metcalf's um, not big playability, but I think it's going to hurt the consistency of his games, where it's going to be sometimes where he's going to get five catches, but – they aren't going to be the deep balls he's he was getting when he was getting three deep balls a game and catching two of them. That makes sense. And DK Metcalf is not AJ Brown. He is big and everything, but if he gets a screen, it's not always going to the house like it is for AJ Brown. Um, so I do agree with you on that, Ryan. That's a great point. And they are going to be running the ball a lot. Even with the change and everything, they're still going to be running the ball. Pete Carroll just runs the ball. So DK Metcalf could drop a little bit for me, but he's such a good wide receiver and Russell Wilson is one of the best in the league and has the best deep ball. So if they just let him air it out a little bit, DK Metcalf could explode. I mean, we saw both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett in the top five at the beginning of the season last year. Just saying could happen again. Number 12 on our list, Amari Cooper. I have him at 12. Ryan, you got him at 11. And Keone, you got him at 13. So we're right, all right around the same spot. Amari Cooper, I think, has been disrespected this whole offseason. C.D. Lamb came in last season, and now he is the new hotness in Dallas. But Amari Cooper is still there, people. And I still think he will be the number one on this team in targets. In yards, it might be close. But and they'll both score touchdowns. CD Lamb is going to be a great wide receiver, also. But Amari Cooper is just going to have big, exploding games that will set him apart. He will also disappear for some games, though. So just be wary of that. That's just how the Cowboys work, though. Yeah. Uh, he, he's always done it, though, even all the way back to the Raider mm. days. Okay. So, but that's what makes him a number two wide receiver instead of a number one wide receiver. But even though mm. he did 
I mean, he's at the end of the wide receiver ones for us this season. Right. But all I can say is Dak is back and the Cowboys are on the attack. Bam. <laughs> How long it take you to think of that rhyme scheme? That's what I want to know. Um, I spent all of last week. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, even though I don't think any of us really like the uh, Dallas Cowboys. So sorry to the Cowboys fans. Not because of that statement. Just because you're a Cowboys fans. Boom. Shots fired. Um, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm looking forward this season to, uh, for me personally, saying his name a lot because I do have him in a dynasty league. But um, I'm looking forward to it because if you know the, uh, the little uh, film called Jaws, there's one of the characters refers to the other one as Hoopa. And so that way I get to say Koopa all season. I look forward to that. I don't know how you're going to, I thought you were going to tie it to Austin Hooper somehow. And I didn't know how that was going to work. Ryan, you have anything on Amari Cooper? <laughs> no. All right. Wow. <laughs> disrespect. Typ- let, typical Eagles fan. <laughs> let's move on to our tight ends. There's not a lot of them that are going to be really good. So let's just get through and we did the same exact thing. We'll give you the top 12. Number one, Travis Kelsey. We all have him at number one. I don't think there's much to talk about here. Travis Kelsey is great on a great offense. He he owns the middle of the field and then anything beyond that once he gets the ball. Like he is Dr. Mahomes, right-hand man, and they're going to cut up with surgical precision any defense that they face. So Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Very good at football. Where are you guys drafting him in a redraft? First round, second round? Second round. Early second. Early mm-hmm. second. I yes. think I... Yep. Okay. We all agree then. Early second round. Let's move on. Number two on our list, George Kittle, San Francisco 49ers. I have him at two. Ryan's got him at three. Keone's got him at three. He was hurt all last season. I think he's going to come back and be the number two tight end. Um, I disagree. <laughs> Just slightly. Because... Our next player. Yeah, and it well, our next player is Darren Waller. Okay. Waller the baller. Um, I just think that Waller is gonna get more targets. That makes sense. And that's that's it right there. More volume puts me ahead. Yeah. I mean, and they could they could easily uh sway the stats. Yeah, our our next player is Darren Waller. I have him at three. Ryan's got him at two. Keone's got him at two. So literally we all have those three guys. As our one, two, and three. They're the top tier of tight ends. Yes. Far and like far and above everybody else. Yeah. If you get one of those, you have a, a legit advantage at that position. And then you don't have to worry at all. Uh, yes, absolutely. All right. Let's move on to some guys that are not so sure, but well, they're on our list. Mark Andrews at number four. I have him at four. Ryan's got him at seven. Keone's got him at five. This is not a pass first team. This is a run first team in Baltimore. But Mark Andrews does still get receiving touchdowns. He is one of the few players on that team to do it. So whenever it does happen, Mark Andrews is one of the leading uh, targets on that team. The thing for me is that you have to Lamar Jackson has to have a super high touchdown rate 
for Mark Andrews to be a guy in the top four. So I, I don't think it's going to happen because, again, it happens very rarely like we talked about in other podcasts. Um, in that MVP year, Mark or Lamar had a 9% touchdown rate and Mark Andrews balled out. Last year, Mark Andrews had less touchdowns than Marquise Brown, and we know how we all feel about Mar- Marquise Brown. So I just feel like that he's a very good tight end, so there's never going to be a volume. And if I have to take a chance on a guy who isn't the top three, then I'm going to go for volume. Yeah, that totally makes sense. All right, number five on our list, TJ Hawkinson. I have him at number eight. Ryan's got him at six. And Keone, you got him at four. So let's hear a little bit about TJ Hawkinson. Um, I thank God it's Hawkinson or thank Jesus it's Hawkinson. Thank, thank God it's Hawkinson. TJ, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I like him a little bit more than Mark Andrews. I mean, I guess Jared Goff has come in and as opposed to Matt Stafford. So that's a big ding on, on Hawkinson. And I understand that, but I, I like, like you guys said, Baltimore is not a passing team. And I think the only salvation for Hawkinson with Stafford leaving who relied on his tight end a lot last year. And I think moving forward is Hawkinson is arguably the best player on that offense maybe deandre swift but it's, it's between them it's very arguable it's okay he's pretty i think it's yeah. it's between him and swift if anything so goth like, has to throw to him and he was really good in the red zone and so i think if he gets more targets which he'll probably probably will this year that covers pretty much everything all right, number six on our list, Kyle Pitts. I have him at 11. Ryan's got him at four, and Keone's got him at eight. Ryan, you got Kyle Pitts at number four. Is it because Julio's leaving? No, it's because they drafted him at number four, <laughs> and if they're going to draft a tight end at number four, they're going to have to throw him some touchdowns, and that's what's going to be the big deal here. Like we said on the rookie pod, 7.5 touchdowns higher or lower, and we all I think we all said higher. And if you're going to be in that eight to ten touchdown range, you're going to be in the top five. That is, that's a good point. I have him at 11. I might need to relook at that because I, I just think I have Calvin Ridley getting so many touchdowns that it takes a little bit away from Kyle Pitts. I'm a little bit worried a rookie tight end coming in. We've seen them in the past not do great. It takes them a year to get used to the league. So I think that's why I'm a little down on him. Yeah, that's that's my big thing as well. It's like I don't know how he'll be in the pass blocking game in the NFL compared to college, and that's a big deal at this level. So that'll affect fantasy numbers as well. All right, number seven on our list, Dallas Goddard. Fly, Eagles, fly. I got him at seven. Ryan's got him at five. Keone's got him at six. And Keone, I know you got him on your dynasty team, so why don't you talk a little bit about Dallas Goddard? Well, I mean, I also have Darren Waller, so... <laughs> I think I'm pretty set, but I could always have more. Um, I think I think last year it officially became like in terms of tight end the Dallas Goddard show. And sorry to Zach Ertz and Zach Ertz fans, but I think his time is now passed with being the top tight end in an offense, and it's about time for Dallas Goddard to be the top guy there and they don't they have i mean they got help on the offense um as well but i think he can play his tight end role very well and he's waited his his few years and now it's it's time for goddard to be a top tight end to break out Mm -hmm. 
Number eight on our list, Mike Gusecki. I have him at five. Brian's got him at 12. Keone's got him at 11. And I think it's Mike Gusecki's time to break out. I mean, last year, 85 targets, 700 yards, six touchdowns. It'll be his second year now with Tua. I just think he he makes this, he takes a step forward. And I mean, this tight end position is so up in the air once you get past the first three that a few touchdowns here, a few touchdowns there really sways you. I would like to say that my only problem is, is that they added too many weapons for me to believe that he can be a consistent guy. That is, that is a great point. I just, yeah, yeah. I think he gets touchdowns out of that group. He'll be a big red zone threat. Number nine on our list, Noah Fant. I have him at nine. Ryan's got him at eight. Keone's got him at 10, right all around the same spot. I think the knock on Noah Fant is the quarterbacks. Same with everyone on the Broncos offense. Cortland Sutton's great. Jerry Judy is great. Noah Fant is great. Who they got thrown to him, though? Teddy Bridgewater, the dripfulness himself. I mean, no disrespect, but he's not great. He's no Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yes, he's no Aaron Rodgers. Drew Locke, who might be the starter. I mean, they don't even know who's going to be the starter there. So, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> if Aaron Rodgers is the starter, Noah Fant will be shoot up the rankings. Yes. He will be in that number one tier with the other, the other three guys. Number 10 on our list, Logan Thomas. I have him at six. Ryan's got him at 16, and Keone's got him at seven. Ryan, you're low on him. What, what's what's going on? Yeah, you know, I don't think he's that good. And the thing about Fitzpatrick, he doesn't throw tight ends. In the three seasons where I think he started 14 games or more, the most receptions the tight ends had is 51. Um, and then the other two were also just really horrible. Uh, I think that they also added a bunch of weapons. Um, I mean, McKissie also had 110 targets, and I don't think he's very good. And that's the same amount of targets that Logan Thomas had last year. I just think that both of them are going to drop, and their roles are not going to be as important in the offense. And I think the other tight ends have better offenses in general. All right. Number 11 on our list, Tyler Higby. I have him at 10. Ryan's got him at 13. Keone's got him at 12. I think this Rams team is going to pass a lot. They got rid of Gerald Everett or they let him walk during the offseason. Matthew Stafford, they just traded for him, who uses his tight end a bunch. I just think Tyler Higby is going to have a good season. Obviously not great. I have him at 10, but he's going to have a good season. He's going to be a consistent player that you can have in your lineup, I think, week to week and not really have to worry about it yeah he's going to be the number like he's going to be the number three passing option for Stafford but that's why like I hinted earlier like Stafford's relationship with Hawkinson I think is going to transfer over to Higby and that will be very helpful yeah I agree with that that's exactly what I'm thinking number 12 on our list Robert Tunyon I have him at 15 Ryan's got him at 17 and Keone you got him at nine why don't you Aaron Rodgers is his quarterback that's, uh, yeah, that's a lot of like, touchdowns. Like we said, touchdowns, touchdowns, touchdowns. He had over a thousand yards and hit 11 touchdowns last year. That's a lot for a tight end. And I know he had stretches where he, he didn't have the best of games, but disappeared. If but... if, yeah, essentially, but that's just how that offense worked sort of where if you're not like Devonte Adams or Aaron um, Jones, Aaron Jones, you're, you, you might have games that are off, but yeah. 
for a tight end, he kind of came out of the woodworks and's like, Hey, maybe I'm a name that you should think about. And we'll see if that happens again this year. But that's, that's why I have him so high because of what his, what he did last year. And so if he doesn't, then, you know, moving forward, it's like, okay, you had one year, but for right now, I'll, I'll give it to him. Uh, yeah. Finish as the tight end three last year. So, well, could easily be a tight end one again this year. All right. Thing, I'm sorry. Oh, one, the yeah, only yeah, thing yeah. I would say is that again, Aaron Rodgers' touchdown rate was really high, and I think that's going to come down. And just just one correction: uh, he only had he had less than 600 yards. He had 586. I could have so, swore I thought he had a thousand yards, but he definitely had 11 touchdowns. No, he had 11 right? touchdowns. You're 100 okay. correct okay. about that. Okay. He got 52 receptions on 59 targets for 56, 586 yards and 11 touchdowns. And I, I just don't, if that touchdowns come down, he's falling on his list very quickly. I, I apologize for my, I think I was thinking of Darren Waller because I looked at both of them. So that might've been who I was confusing. Um, yeah. So my bad. Oh, uh, it's okay. Um, yeah, that'll do it for our episode for today thank you guys so much for listening ryan keanu do you guys have anything to plug not yet not yet Ooh. as well not yet not but be on the lookout at the instagram um what's the instagram day no. underscore yeah, yeah for the guy who runs the instagram you think i would know uh, that huh <laughs> i have Pressure some on, choked yeah. it up yeah, I got some plugs in day underscore dreamer media on Instagram, FF Daydreamers on Twitter, daydreamermedia.com. You guys can also find Aaron's articles over there. Shout out, produce, uh, produce. I always call him producer on, on the recording. He's intern. an intern. Don't you forget it, Aaron. Intern Aaron, <laughs> dropping articles every Friday. We also post those on our social media so you can find them there. Yeah. Nothing else, producer Ian. You got anything to plug? No. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Like, subscribe wherever you guys get your podcasts. Yeah, it's it's been a good episode. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Stay dreaming. Stay dreaming. Stay dreaming. Stay dreaming.